There's about three million people in Chicago. About, uh, you leave that up. About, uh, 10 million in the greater Chicago area. And I saw all of you at O'Hare last night. Steve wasn't kidding in the news. People were jumping out of their cars and walking the last, I got to estimate, mile and a half, two miles. In a steady, drizzly, snowy, icy sort of mixture. Dra- you know, wheeling their uh, luggage. Uh, I've never seen it like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point I've come home on the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, but it was bananas. I uh, was in uh, Ithaca, New York uh, this weekend for a family memorial service. Drove a two-hour, in a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour ice storm uh, to fly out of Rochester, New York. Just barely beat their big storm. They're going to have a foot of snow before it's over. Uh, in uh, upstate New York, in the next you know few hours, they may get to a foot. Um, but it, it, the, the East Coast airports were kind of abandoned. It was... I mean, there's plenty of traffic on the road, and it was crazy, slippery, and dangerous and all that, but it was nothing. I got to O'Hare last night. It was it was B-A-N-A-N-A-S to the 10th power. It was unbelievable. How many people are sleeping around? I didn't see anybody sleeping. Everybody was moving. Yeah. A lot of delays, though. Tons of delays. Well, I think that was part of it, but uh, even downstairs, just grabbing a, a bag... Um, every level is jammed. So, you know, you, 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 people go, you know what? Meet me up. Shh, meet me upstairs. A big secret. No one ever does this. Yeah, I know. Meet me upstairs <laughs> at departures. No one will be there. I'm telling you, wall to wall. I walked from uh, United Terminal 1 over to, uh, right to the front of American Terminal 3. And, you know, normally you deck in Terminal 2. The only thing there is Delta, right? Delta and Canadian Air. So you got plenty of room. But isn't that where the Uber Six pickup? Six lanes of traffic. Isn't the Uber pickup up? Yeah, there's one there. Yeah. 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 That's but, where everybody's I mean, it was going, bananas. probably. So I'd like to say hi to everyone in Chicago, because you were all at O'Hare last night. <laughs> so, hope everybody had a good weekend. We'll get into that coming up. Uh, this is the new schedule. The Steve Cochran Show, now heard 5 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. How do you feel? You look pretty good yeah, for thanks. 5, 12 in the morning. Yeah, this is your normal hours, isn't it? There, yeah, Chippy. I'm, I'm, I'm always here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Dave are like, woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, ready don't to go. About me, I'm usually I'll here. Steve as well. too. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, that doesn't mean I'm not going to bitch. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay. We'd expect nothing less. It's, okay. it's therapy. <laughs> yeah. We're all here to help. Uh, text question of the day seems obvious, but uh, first, first, was the first day of the new schedule? Give me a story about a first. I don't care what it is. First, whatever. And if you have to make it up and it's entertaining, well, it could end up on the air as well. 312-981-7200 is the number. Um, all right. Here's what we're going to do because we're, we're putting this together. We're going to dump to the forecast here, Steve. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to give you, because we want to stay in touch with business. You know, you did a fabulous job on the opening bells. We want to stay in touch with business. So I'm going to lean on you, Steve, okay. to help get us through that. Here's a couple of numbers. Black Friday, $7.4 billion in online sales, $2.9 billion spent on your phone. You know, the, the mobile phone thing is catching on. Uh, you know, Dave, I don't know if you noticed. It's got a chance. About 20 years ago, uh, there was a weatherman in Chicago named Paul Douglas. He was sure. briefly on Channel 2. Mm-hmm. And Paul's a very good friend of mine. And uh, he's always been a guy that's been ahead of the curve. And I remember vividly, when we were at the Tribune Tower, obviously, sitting at the Marriott across the street, having a post-show breakfast with him. And he had what at the time was a sleek phone. Now, it was probably about a foot long. Mm-hmm. 
but this would have been 1998, nine, somewhere in there. And uh, he said, everything's going here. He's pointing at the phone. I said, what are you talking about? He said, everything will be on the phone. He said, everybody will carry their phone around. They'll be staring at their phones all day. Um, all the information they have, all their personal information will be there. They're going to do all their banking here. Everything will be there. And you know what I said? <laughs> you crazy scientist, <laughs> you. You nailed it. You're wrong. No one will do that. He was 20 years ahead. Wow. So uh, $2.9 billion spent just using your smartphones, and that number's, of course, going to go higher. What's everybody buying today, Steve? Well, you're going to get the tech. Everybody wants the tech. Got to get the tech. If you want a new TV, it looks like today would be a good day to buy it if you don't have it already. TV price is down an average of 20% um, on this Cyber Monday. Um, I think most employers tend to look the other way now on Cyber Monday, don't they? They do. I mean, unless you're a neurosurgeon or something. But the uh, the toll is uh, significant. I know in years past, they've actually measured how many people are actually working today. And it's in the uh, tens of billions of dollars lost uh, productivity uh, around the country today because of people on their computer shopping. And it, it seems fair to ask you to actually do your job today um, with the understanding that maybe you'll do a little shopping as well. Not opposed or, or not not actually doing a little bit of your job while you shop all day. That would be the opposite. Right. I mean, that's yeah. fair. And, well, I would be careful, too, if you're at work, if you're on a work network and you're shopping and you're entering things like credit cards and other things. Just remember that your work network is not necessarily private and that information could go other places. Well, she said that five minutes ago. Yeah. <clears throat> I have my husband doing all my cyber shopping today. He has his list. I hope he does well. Did uh, anybody pick up something exceptional over the weekend where you want to brag about? Like, you know, I got something. this kind of sweet deal or that kind of sweet deal? No? Okay. Oh, oh, I, I got some so. great... Oh, I did some uh, small town shopping up in Ashland, Wisconsin mm-hmm. on Friday, and I got some great water boots for half price, nine bucks. Those things are usually expensive. You plan on spending a lot of time in the water this summer well, year? Yeah, yeah, since my basement flooded. Oh, okay. You know those high boots? They're the high ones. Sure. Are they the hip water- waders? Are they yeah. technically hip waders? They're cool. They're like rain boots. They call them rain boots, yeah. I like them. Meanwhile, if you do grab the best deal, you still might have to go to the store to pick up the order. So uh, just keep that in mind. And uh, if you're looking for last-minute deals, golden hour deals, um, some of those will linger uh, into today. And some of the online stuff, like the Google Play Store, is kicking in with another round today. Uh, What was Black Friday is now it's kind of the weekend, right? The weekend into Monday? Yeah, because they all extend their sales. Black Friday extended sale through Monday, through Tuesday. You know, I keep getting text from every store that I have an app for, and, you know, they're still extending all their sales. It's crazy. And, Steve, why do we call it Black Friday? Because the uh, retailers uh, go into the black. Uh, their uh, accounting records go into the black, right? So it's not... So in the red most of the year, and then on Black Friday, they're supposed to make enough money that they're in the black. It's not supposed to be offensive at all, and yet when I was in... Ithaca, New York, Ithaca, New York, upstate New York, beautiful, beautiful area. And if you listen to the show with any regularity, you know I grew up there. Um, but um, there's a lot of old hippies that went to Cornell University in the 60s um, who didn't leave and are still there and sort of running the town now. And they refused to call it Black Friday because they thought it might be offensive to some, so they called it Plaid Friday. Plaid? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Plaid Friday. Now, keep in mind that Black Friday is all about finances. It has nothing to do with skin color or anything else that might be deemed offensive. But, yeah, if you were in Ithaca, I hope you enjoyed 
plaid Friday this weekend. Uh, one thing about driving, uh, if you suck at it, maybe do it less. Uh, I saw more stupid driving yesterday than I've seen in a long time. Um, it was, you know, a hockey rink in New York. Um, but even here in this morning, now look, I'm trying to get some sleep on the way to work while I drive. You know that, Dave. I just straight away, I want to doze off for a while. There's even traffic at this hour. I had a guy cut me off three lanes of traffic to get into a Dunkin' Donuts. I don't care how much coffee you need and when you need it. The only reason I didn't end up in the back of his car is because of the superior handling of white lightning. I mean, I had to do stud driving, you know, at 4.30 in the morning or whatever it was. Yeah, that's uncalled for. So this is how road rage happens. Uh, quick roundup of sports from the weekend, Dave. Nice win for Northwestern. Uh, wrap it up the season next weekend, but beat Illinois. No, they wrapped it up. That was it. Well, that was last That one. was it. Yeah, well, Big Ten Championship one. game is next weekend. Well, They're not in it this one. year. Well, why not show up? Well, they should just play for Illinois because they stunk. Yeah, and, it was, oh, it's awful. Yeah. Illinois is going to a bowl game, though. I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they great for Illinois. Well, they had a much, mean, Illinois had man. a much better season. Yes, uh, at but, the beginning. Uh, Northwestern had a rough year, but a nice way to end it. And, and now uh, the Big Ten title game is Ohio State-Wisconsin next Saturday. By the way, we're going to have that game here on WGN Saturday night. Okay. Um, the Bears, of course, play on Thursday after Again. playing last Thursday. And mm-hmm. uh, they got to 6-6 six and six ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, they played Dallas on Thursday, also 6-6. Six and six. <clears throat> Hank will be on later to discuss this. This, of course, be a must-win for both teams. Which we've been saying about the Bears for so long. Well, they're all must wins now. But, it, but look, this is a very winnable game for the Bears. I mean, Dallas, is, they were very unimpressive on Thursday, and they've been unimpressive most of the season. And if you look at it, the teams that are in that 6-6, that 5-7, six and, six, five and well, a lot of them are 5-7 and seven now. The teams that the, the Bears are battling, Philadelphia, 5-7. and seven. Uh, Carolina lost to Washington. They're five and seven. So as as crazy as it sounds, if Seattle beats Minnesota tonight, that helps the Bears too. So you know it's not. I mean they they're going to have to go some to to catch Minnesota. Well, they got to win out. Uh, yeah, they do have to win out. There's no question about that, and what won't be an easy thing to do. Um, but uh, at least with four games to go, <laughs> you know it is possible. Um, meanwhile, the uh, NFL uh, yesterday continues to see some weirdness going on. Um, Tom Brady almost had a breakdown last night yeah. uh, in how poorly his team played. He was in poor spirits. He was in a cranky, cranky mood. Yes, he was. Um, and uh, uh, any big surprises in the NFL that I missed yesterday while traveling? Well, I mean, I, I think you had some teams like Cincinnati hadn't won a game. Oh, they, won. they won. That's right. They beat the Jets. Washington had barely won a game. They beat Carolina. Uh, the the Dolphins won a game, so that was kind of that was certainly an upset. They beat Philadelphia, and uh, you know, and then last night, I mean, you had some some kind of crazy finishes as always. It was a reasonably entertaining. There wasn't a great NFL Sunday, which I think with the weather, everybody was kind of hoping for. You'd have all these. These dramatic not finishes. so much not 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 really and meanwhile yours and my Chicago Blackhawks got absolutely Ooh. throttled back to back games with Colorado yep and uh, I'm guessing there's quite a bit of talk over at the Madhouse of Madison about that ain't happening again no they're in last place now and then Minnesota has uh, has pulled ahead of them by I think five points. Uh, and left them in the cellar, and that's certainly not what we were thinking a week and a half, two weeks ago. 
No, again, they outscored 5-2, 7-2. Yeah, 7-3, and then they got the Blues here tonight. Well, this is a perfect time. Get it right. Beat the Stanley Cup champs tonight. Well, you know, the goaltending's been so good. Both those guys, I think, were due for a rough one. and hope They, they showed up. They got their rough one. <laughs> they got the rough one out of the way. Yeah, so let's hope that's the case. All right, so there's your update on uh, pretty much everything at 527. Don't forget, text question. First, this is the first time... In a long time, we, we've been on from five to nine. We did it in the first six months after I came back in 2013. Um, and uh, this is the new schedule, five to nine, followed by John Williams, nine to noon. The noon business lunch uh, from Wintrust. Uh, Anna Devontis has her own show from one to three, and then it's Rokon at three o'clock. And we're back after this on 720 WGN. Before we get to Big O, uh, Steve, one of the things Texas are saying about last night's airport debacle is that it's uh, part and parcel to the transit system mess that uh, the, the extra mile of track um, was allegedly screwed up by the contractor. And at $300 million a mile, it should have been fixed now. But is there a correlation between the traffic that we saw and uh, the transit system not being ready? Because to me, the transit system is, well, you're at the airport. Yeah, I would say it might have be a factor. Um, this is, you know, this the situation has been building for a long time because so many people are taking ride sharing cars right. to O'Hare, um, even before, even on a non busy holiday. That uh, that if you've ever been to the airport, it's crowded with people. Just everybody's in an Uber, a separate Uber, and so that's going to be like a problem. I, I think a bigger problem. I, I can't speak to this issue i mean i'm sure that that is one of the issues of getting people to their flights on time but the uh the run-up to the the airport i don't know how big of an issue that would be because you have just a mass of cars trying to get to the terminal that's before you even get to the people mover i don't know you know i didn't see uh, a lot of traffic direction mary vandeveld last night at the airport i don't know how much traffic direction you can do when you got uh you know i-190 coming in the 190 ramp and that's it I mean, if you're trying to get yeah. into O'Hare... You're squeezing into O'Hare. Yeah, you got about 48 lanes going down to three or four, and it's going to be, uh, you know, wh- what it is. But t- last night seemed to be a debacle of epic proportions, and several people have also texted this morning, the airlines were kind enough to charge a $200 change fee if you missed your flight because of that. Yeah, it, it really, ha- you have to, again, emphasize, yesterday was the busiest travel day of the year mm-hmm. at O'Hare Airport. But that's a point, right? right? Because it's not like it was a surprise to the police or to authorities or to airport folks or to the airlines. Yeah, they were just overwhelmed, apparently. And But this ride-sharing situation, that's going to be, you know, I think if going forward, that, that really has to be addressed. And I know some other cities are not even allowing ride-share yeah. people to go that far up to the terminal anymore. They have to go to a drop-off point. I would think we'd end up there as well. Meanwhile, at 541, Big O standing by. Let's get a look at agribusiness. Thank you, and good morning. Well, after the long holiday weekend, maybe a little refreshing of your memory on Friday's closing trade, where wheat futures at the Board of Trade exploded to a five-month high because of threats to global production and as funds scrambled to cover their short positions in the post-holiday market. So at the end of the trading session on Friday, we saw the nearby wheat contract up 18 and three-quarter cents a bushel, December corn up seven and three-quarters, but January soybeans traded lower, down five and a half cents because of ongoing concern about 
healthy U.S.-China trade situation. Lean hog futures at the Merck ended higher on Friday in a turnaround from an earlier decline to their lowest price since early September. But at the end of the day, we saw February lean hogs up $1.10 a hundredweight. December live cattle, though, down 12 cents. And January feeder cattle down 85 cents a hundredweight. Now that Thanksgiving holiday has ended and we get ready for Christmas, Farm Bureau members across the country are holding state Farm Bureau conventions. Let me run down the schedule getting underway this week because we have a lot of Midwest conventions getting underway. The Michigan Farm Bureau convention will be held December 3 through 5 in Grand Rapids and the Iowa Farm Bureau December 3 and 4 in Des Moines. The Wisconsin Farm Bureau, Wisconsin Dells on December 6 through 9. The Illinois Farm Bureau will be held at the uh, Palmer House in Chicago, and that convention coming up on December 7 through 10, and then the American Farm Bureau Convention in January. It'll be January 17 through 22 in Austin, Texas. A busy meeting time for farmers across the country. Have a great day. I'm Orion Samuelson. Thanks, sir, big fella. We'll get your forecast here in a second. Market futures coming up as well. And then Dave will tell us a touching story about his own Thanksgiving. Tons of people got out of their cars and walked the last mile or two to O'Hare last night in the snow and the ice and the rain and the mess. Uh, If you dropped somebody off and they had to walk, I'd love to know how that worked out. Wouldn't you, Mayor? Wouldn't you love to know if somebody got there in time after they started rolling their wheelie bag up? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Maybe they had their big wheels. 312-981-7200 is the number. Meanwhile, on the phone is Frank. He's an Uber driver. Frank, you got some help for us? I do. During the holiday season or uh, even a Monday morning or a Thursday morning when there's just Armageddon at the airport, the best thing to do is if you're going to the airport, get dropped off at the uh, Rosemont Blue Line, pay the... uh, few dollars for a ticket to get you to the airport you won't have to deal with that congestion in addition from having to pick somebody up just have them say hey can you take the blue line i'll pick you up at rosemont and you won't have to deal with that all congestion great idea. in addition to that you don't have to pay the six dollar airport tax that everybody gets banged on whether they're getting picked or dropped off going to o'hare or midway it's a great idea what is it a buck and a half two bucks to go to the rosemont thing I think it's like three dollars. Three dollars. But uh, also, want to say it's great to hear your voice so dark and early nowadays. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. I appreciate that tip too. That's smart. That is a great idea. Yeah, you get off at River Road, jump on the Rosemont Blue Line, or come back that way, and you avoid the mess. And it's super easy. I know some people are afraid of getting on the lines. You know they are. It, it's it, once you do it, you do it one time. You're you're in. Yeah. You know? Just go for it. So, yeah, it's a really good idea. But I think uh, uh, you guys are right. Uh, There is going to have to be some sort of adjustment um, for the amount of ride sharing that goes on at O'Hare. It just has to happen. 
Yeah, and I see one texture here said, uh, well, why are you blaming, why is rideshare vehicles the problem? Because those people would be getting in a taxi and doing the same thing. Well, yeah, but uh, we've seen this problem with the congestion in downtown as well. Uh, fewer people are taking public transportation, and that's a that's become a big issue. And it's also impacting the airports as well. Fewer people are taking public transportation, the blue line, out to the airport. Yeah, and statistically, we've shown that, right? I mean, ride-sharing is so convenient that there are people that uh, normally would have taken a train uh, that aren't doing it because they just uh, have an Uber show up in front of their house. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe, you know, this kind of situation and your last caller there offered a really good example. It's not just on the holidays that we see this congestion. It's every week. Busy days in the week that happens, too. Yeah. Um, Dave, what was your Thanksgiving story? Because, you know, my Thanksgiving was really uh, pretty basic. I mean, the family had a great time. We had a great time. Isaac and Abigail and uh, and everybody, we all yeah, had a great time. Isaac's first Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah, it was all nice. good. Nothing. No no, no one was injured in the filming of this year's well, Thanksgiving. So I I traveled back on Thanksgiving morning, which mm-hmm. was a good it – was, it was without a hitch – Got my flight was on time. Got actually landed a few minutes early. You're the only one on the plane. Uh, there were a few people. It was not full, but Thanksgiving morning, as I when I landed, there were more people. It, it appeared boarding flights, hmm. so trying to get last minute. I took the first flights. flight out of right. uh, Fort Myers, Florida. But Thanksgiving dinner, uh, we're wrapping things up. We have desserts out on a table in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and my daughter had brought her her still relatively new dog and we have a small dog it's limited oh, I can in see height. This can't end well <laughs> we, we go in the kitchen wrapping up dinner clear the table and my wife notices that the plate of brownies that she had put out was half gone oh no so bumpus dogs and 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 obviously that's not a good thing for a dog. No. One's so, not a good thing. Seven no. is really bad. Yeah, this was a half a plate full. So my daughter, I said, you better call the emergency animal hospital. Right. And, and so they took him in. They pumped his stomach or whatever they do with a dog in that situation. He's fine. He's fine. He showed no ill effects at all. Well, he's got and, that fresh puppy plumbing. I guess that's it. Yes. Um, so, but I mean, but it, that could have ended poorly. It could have ended really poorly. Yeah. And, and so we're used to not having a dog that can't get up on its hind legs and eat whatever's on the table. Sure. Was the turkey up there too? No, this was, we were still oh, clearing. We were done. Yeah. No, this was just a dessert table. You sure it wasn't a lot of drinking going on where you people should have been paying attention to the dog? <laughs> no, I'm, well, I can't say for sure. <laughs> so. Uh, in the meantime, uh, anybody? Oh, by the way, anybody else on the show? Any incidents? Anyone? Uh, I, I had a funny, funny story yeah. coming back. I uh, drove. Uh, it was in Southern Illinois, and I was driving back uh, on I fifty seven, and I saw my first uh, autopilot Tesla. <laughs> Is that right? I, yeah, I pulled. I was uh, pulled up aside, alongside the car, and the woman had her head back, and she was asleep. Not necessarily. I couldn't tell if she was asleep, but she had her head back, and you could tell she was like re- either relaxing or meditating. Was she breathing? Uh, she no was good. not watching the road though. And I looked, <laughs> and I saw no it was good. a Tesla. And I'm like, That's wow. scary. And I almost, I almost swerved off the road watching her. So created a problem for that's me. That's a different problem I know, that's right. going to create. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Papers. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, First, had, oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. We had to come home a day early because of the massive amounts of snow they got in northern Wisconsin. They got Now they have about two feet, two and a half feet, actually. So we had to leave a day early to avoid getting stuck up there. So Did you bring leftovers? 
Oh yeah, a lot of stuff. We had to we had to take a detour to the Ho Chunk Casino <laughs> because we had to stay overnight somewhere. So that's where we went. Never been there. A very interesting place. Yes, it is. I won thirty dollars. Hey, congratulations! Yay. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> exactly. Uh, first time we've done the five to nine in a long time. This is the new schedule. We'll talk more about that a little later in the morning. Rachel, you're listening in Nashville. Yes, I pick you guys up on WGN, downtown Nashville, on my way to work, and it's my first time hearing you, Steve. Well, thank you very much for that. What do you do? I am a surgical tech at a hospital in Nashville. I love Nashville. What a good town Nashville is. Are you you local? Well, I just relocated from Chicago three months ago, so I'm a little homesick, and you guys are definitely making me feel like I'm back home again. Well, good, good. Well, have a great day at work, Rachel. Thanks for listening. Hold on a second. Send her a Lou Malnati's pizza or something, right? Let's hook her up. It's uh, 554. Our friend Mark Carmen got married over the weekend. Uh, Dave was at the wedding. We can catch up on that coming up, too. Uh, remind me, Super Joe, here in this new hour. What am I doing now? Where am I going? What is the show going to happen? What's going to happen on the show right now? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more with our buddy Steve Grzanich, get the market outlook. All right, Steve, what do you got for us? On the WGN Associated Bank Market Desk Outlook for uh, this Monday, December the 2nd, it is Cyber Monday. Of course, that's the big thing. Uh, $9 billion, perhaps, in online spending coming. Construction spending for October. Data starts uh, off the week's economic reports. Building industry analysts are forecasting a two-tenths of a percent increase over the $1.29 trillion spent in September on building. The October construction uh, spending numbers are due out at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, That's uh, the lead-off of the business day today, that could move the markets on this Monday, December the 2nd. One other travel tip from people. They're saying there's plenty of remote parking spaces, uh, pre-flight uh, uh, parking, for instance, off 294 and various other places to consider, and several of the rent-a-car centers. Um, well, uh, you know, for uh, a reasonable exchange of uh, cashola, um, we'll find a way to uh, keep your car and you can hop on the bus. I didn't know that, did you? I was not aware of that. No, a lot of people hang out there, though, instead of avoiding the circle tour. Yeah. So, all right, 312 is the number. Uh, the new schedule, again, 5 to 9 on the Steve Cochran Show. Follow it at 9 by John Williams, 9 to noon. Noon o'clock, you've got your Trust business lunch. Uh, that'll be hosted by G. Suki. Uh, this week, frankly, I don't know who host, is John hosting. John going to be in for John Johnson, okay. It's not one of those uh, driverless situations like uh, we were describing? No, we'll find out, but uh, I, I heard a rumor about John Hanson. But, yeah, the driverless Wintrust business launch would be pretty fun. And Anna DeVlantis from 1 to 3 just had a real count at 3 o'clock. That's the lineup. You know who you are. And hey, I'm coming up on the Bears in the 7 o'clock hour. In the meantime, Dave, remember when the Black Cat was at MetLife Stadium when the Cowboys played the Giants sure. on Monday Night yep. Football a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Since then, <laughs> NFL teams have with a cat nickname have combined for an 0-12 record since the Black Cat showed up. Well, let's see. The, the Carolina Panthers were mm-hmm. beaten yesterday. They've mm-hmm. been struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your Panthers. These are all cat nickname teams. You got your Panthers. The you Jaguars. Your Jaguars. Uh, your Lions. <laughs> yeah. I suppose you could say the Bengals are a cat nickname, right? Bengal yeah, Tiger? They won yesterday, but that's Let's just one win. Yeah, so you get the idea. Yeah. Dr. Kevin Mose coming up later this hour. This is hour number two of the uh, Steve Cochran Show. Some of you might be saying, Steve, isn't normally the time you roll in? No. No, I'm at least three minutes earlier than this. 
Uh, but uh, glad to be here. Now, again, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse because many of you know what's going on. But for those of you that don't, we were purchased by a company called Nexstar. Nexstar spent a lot of money on the Tribune Media Company to become the largest local media company in the country. A lot of money. Billions. Um, so they can do anything they want. And uh, the uh, division of Nexstar that runs this place uh, made some changes, one of which was they, they uh, released Bill and Wendy. And we love Bill and Wendy. And they were doing a fine job, but they didn't fit in the plans of Nexstar. So John Williams moves up from his show to 9 to noon starting today. And by the way, Bill and Wendy immensely talented. They're going to be fine. It sucks, but it's show business. We get canceled all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, several times over the last few months that I was on the verge of being canceled. Uh, it turns out the ratings have been really good the last couple of months. Thank you for that. It appears I'll be around through Christmas. Uh, in the meantime... I think you could go a little beyond that, couldn't you? <laughs> Will you stop? It is comforting, so that way I know I can buy Christmas presents for my family now. <laughs> well, in addition to that, uh, I'm on the hook for Christmas presents for all you guys, so that should make you happy. Uh, but in the meantime, not a new John Williams. And as I've said many times, who's more GN than John Williams? The guy was an intern for Bob Collins, for crying out loud. So uh, he is this place, Sorinther. Uh, noon o'clock, your Wind Trust Business Lunch, which will be hosted by G. Suki, formerly of the Steve Cochran Show. She did four months with me. She couldn't take anymore. She got out. So she'll be hosting well, None the, of us knew it was an option. And then one to three, Anna DeVlantis uh, gets her own show. She'll be on one to three starting today did and then she, rose back at three. Did she cry on the last day? Um, I, I couldn't tell if it was crying or giggling. Yeah, I, I think really she. I think she was more crying because she had that twelve-hour drive to North Carolina. Yeah, she drove. Straight but she through, made it very well. Straight she through did to see good. her mom in the hills of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, and text question is first. This is the first time we've been back in that five to nine time slot. So, since twenty thirteen. So uh, first, you know, first time you met the relative uh, at uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, first day at the new job, first marriage, first. Looking for first. 312-981-7200. Uh, says, my first. First thing I ever won from WGN, an autographed hockey puck. First time I texted your show from Mike. That's nice. Very nice. There you go. I wonder who signed it. That's what I was going to say. I don't have that information, but we'll our best out. people could get on it. At 6.13, we'll come back with the top six at six. We're going to keep that in the uh, six o'clock hour because it's called the top six at six. So we'll get to that shortly. Now for some more news. Ready? Welcome to the top six at six. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals, and assorted fruits and vegetables (laughs) will be talking about today. Item number one, Rosa Parks, honored with a new statue in downtown Montgomery, Alabama on Sunday, 64 years to the day after she was arrested for refusing to move to the back of the bus. Sunday marked the second annual Rosa Parks Day in Alabama after the legislature approved the honor for the civil rights icon last year. The bronze life-size figure was unveiled with the help of Mayor Stephen Reed, the mayor of Montgomery. He recently became Montgomery's first black mayor. The governor of Alabama, Kay Ivey, and Mary Louise Smith, one of the original plaintiffs in the Browder versus Gale case that ultimately disintegrated buses in Montgomery a year after Parks was arrested, was also in attendance. How about that? Is that a nice story? Very nice. So good for the people of Alabama. Um, and uh, we move on. 
The White House declared Sunday it could not and would not participate in the first impeachment hearings before the House Judiciary Committee as Democrats prepared to approve their report Tuesday, making the case for Donald Trump's removal from office. Um, The Intelligence Committee has to vote to kick it to the Judiciary Committee. The president has regularly said that it's an unfair process. Even his own attorneys aren't included. Um, The uh, uh, House has invited uh, Trump's attorneys to be there. And Trump as well, and he has said no. I'm not quite sure how you defend that, but uh, we'll stand by for more information. Next. Um, let's move here. Lori Laughlin's daughter, Olivia Jade. Remember her? This is the kid that made $2 bucks doing YouTube videos. And she's the influencer? Yeah, YouTube yeah. influencer. Oh, the rower. Uh, yes, the world-famous <laughs> rower. She has officially broken her silence about the college admission scandal and basically says, I can't talk about it. She did her first video. It was on the heels of her, player, her parents pleading not guilty to a third charge related to the scam. The daughters Isabella and Olivia J. Giannulli uh, are no longer enrolled at USC. Remember, this is a kid who was making $2 million bucks to do this, to get up in the morning and go, Hi, guys. I don't know. I don't even know how I'm feeling. Let's go in my closet and see what's there. I'm Olivia. <laughs> I think possibly I'll go with just jeans and a T-shirt. What do you guys think? And uh, she made two, two million bucks for that. And then she would, you know, she'd promote products and, and things of that nature. And kind of go to school. Mm. I could well, totally but, but, do that job. But, yes, you could. But here's the thing. If you got a kid who's 18 years old, I don't care how wealthy you are, and that kid's making two million bucks a year, I don't think you screw that up. I don't think you look at the kid and go, this has no future. You need to go to school. And you're going to row to get there. <laughs> Too bad for your nails. <laughs> Next. Thanksgiving Day did set a new high in online spending, but guess what? Cyber Monday is going to be even bigger. Steve, how about $10 billion in sales today? That's the goal. $10 yeah, that's, billion. That's the forecast. And, uh, you know, that, I'm trying to figure out, I was doing a little math here, how many purchases that would be per hour, and it's just mind-blowing. Uh, that's up almost 20% over uh, 2018 as uh, people continue to spend money online in their underpants as opposed to getting up and going to a store. I'm going to do my own personal Amazon traffic report tomorrow. That's a great idea. Yes. You should be, see the people walking. <laughs> Next. I, I, I don't know what to make of this. I thought this was just a stupid, stupid, fake online story. Amazon came under fire for selling Christmas ornaments and bottle openers decorated with uh, photos of Auschwitz, the concentration camp. Uh, The uh, uh, people of uh, Poland were obviously shocked, as was the rest of the world uh, that's aware of this, selling Christmas ornaments with images of Auschwitz. Uh, This seems to be the understatement of the year. Does not seem appropriate. Uh, Auschwitz on a bottle opener is disturbing and disrespectful, said one message in particular. Uh, that uh, was incensed by all of this. Steve, I thought this was a bit, like a really bad joke. Yeah, I thought it was too. And, you know, Amazon has all of these third-party sellers that uh, come on and they sell all kinds of stuff. And at first I thought, well, maybe this was an accident. Maybe somebody actually thought this was a scenic thing of Poland. And then you see these ornaments and these other things. You're like, no, that's Auschwitz. Uh, Boy, oh, boy. And I don't understand, I mean, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence in the approval uh, uh, method to get something for sale on Amazon, right? It doesn't. I mean, because you think that if there's a human watching over this, that uh, you would see that, unless maybe they ju- they looked at some of these scenes and just kind of glanced over them and didn't realize 
But if you've ever been there, if you've ever seen photographs of it, once you focus in on one of these items, you can clearly see that it's Auschwitz. Wouldn't you think that there'd be something simple in writing of code to uh, get your item approved that keywords like Auschwitz, concentration camp, Nazi, that would all make sure that you don't get your item posted? I mean, it doesn't seem that hard, does no, it? It feels like that would be a pretty simple thing to program into a computer. But, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going across the screen every hour. So who knows? And for the first time in the top six at six, you must pick one. I will give you the famous you must pick one feature. I will give you three headlines. You pick the one you want to hear most about. Elon Musk pays nearly a million bucks for an ugly car that turns into an ugly truck. That's headline number one. Headline number two, was it the horses or the volcano? Headline number three, jerks in the sky. All right, pick one. Three, jerks in the sky. Joe? Mm. Oh, horse in the volcano for horse sure. Horse in the volcano. Casera, what, what are you thinking? Uh, I'll go horse. Horse in the volcano, Steve? Yeah, I'm going to go, was it the horse or the volcano? Well, then, Mary, it looks like we have a winner. I guess so, but I'll stick with Dave, maybe. Thanks, Mayor. Okay, Um, I will. Those other stories will make it back later on, but how'd you like to be on a flight that went this way? A KLM plane uh, had a little problem. KLM passengers spent 11 hours in the air going nowhere, thanks to a volcanic eruption. A flight from Amsterdam to Mexico was forced to turn around five and a half hours into the flight because a volcano erupted, and the lava and the rocks and the volcanic spew into the sky ran the risk of clogging up the plane's engines and causing it to crash. The plane was reportedly unable to land at another airport because it was carrying a cargo of horses. (laughs) The horses didn't have the proper paperwork to land in another country. I would need like a horse visa. KLM six eighty five to Mexico City, eleven hours in the air to nowhere. Is that like the Pony Express? Apparently, the new version. Yeah, uh, the horses, by the way, are fine. Uh, they were not so thrilled either. Do horses get peanuts when they're on the plane for that amount of time? No, not because of the peanut allergies. Oh, yeah, they, sure. they get apple right, they slices. Can't do that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Just a bunch of hay. Is it the newest flight attendant that has to be downstairs in the horse cargo area feeding and servicing (laughs) horses? Man, what a job that would be. (laughs) Who picks up the mess, too? (laughs) Nasty. I got to say, if you got a cargo of horses, how do you make that cargo area smell proof that it doesn't come into the plane? You know what I mean? It's not like you can open a window. Is there a... (laughs) Is there a drop window? On you know, the I bet there are people who know because you know you have a lot of times like when Arlington runs the Arlington Million, they bring horses in from Europe for that. Mm-hmm. So I thought the horses swim over. <laughs> well, some of them do. Okay. They're really smart ones. Coming up on six twenty-seven headlines and the uh, news at the uh, bottom of the hour. Coming up, then Doctor Kevin Most will be with us shortly. It's a brand new Monday already. An hour number two of the program. Whew. Steve Cochran, Joe, 720 WGN. We have another first, Dave, this uh, uh, text question of the day. Tell me about firsts, F-I-R-S-T-S. And somebody texted in and said they remember vividly the first time they met their new brother-in-law. And 30 years later, they dread Thanksgiving because he's still in the family. (laughs) Okay. Awkward. <laughs> Dr. Kevin Most Time. And Dr. Most is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Hello, buddy. Hey there. How are you doing? It's early, Doc. You know, we're already into the second hour of the show. Um, 
I'm Ooh. less bitter than I expected to be. Um, yeah. But then again, you know, I'm kind of punchy. So uh, this is the first time we've done the five to nine in many years. Uh, and the text question is uh, first, seven, seven, three. First, the first time I listened to Steve Cochran, I was in tears from laughing so hard. Well, that's wow. interesting because Jisuke was in tears when she left the show the other day. And I think it was because she's going to miss us. No, I think it's because she's still asleep. Oh, that's probably it. Seven Did you call her to make sure to it? She, yeah, well, she's still on vacation in North Carolina. Oh, okay. So her first day doing the Wintrust Noon Business Lunch is uh, next Monday, actually. Because, ah. you know, I mean, it's a full hour. you got to have some rest before you can take that on. <laughs> uh, 708, my first job was at the Brookfield Zoo cleaning animal waste. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can always look back. Hey, by the way, what, what was, you and I, I think, had the same first job, right, Caddy? Caddy, absolutely. Uh, yeah. My first and best. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. <laughs> How was Thanksgiving? It was great. You know, it's 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 such a great holiday. You, yep. you get the family together, and it's just a bunch of smiles and laughs. And we uh, we had a really nice uh, nice meal and a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. It was great. The whole weekend was great, actually. Spent a lot of time with the brothers and nephews, and it was fun. Uh, were you concerned at all about my traveling? You know, I was in uh, upstate New York, and the wind and the snow and the ice, and then last night the zoo at O'Hare. Were you worried about me? No. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot I was out of town, huh? Was that yeah. it? Yeah, you did. It. You did get a lot of snow up there, uh, up in New York, didn't you? Weren't you up in like Albany? Or I was in Ithaca, which is in central, yeah. southern, southern central New York. Yeah. There's a beautiful there's a thing called the Finger Lakes there, and there's a beautiful lake called Cayuga Lake. And um, the weather was so bad, the the best route to the airport because I flew in and out of Rochester was to go up the edge of Cuga Lake, which is a lake that's, I don't know, 50 or 60 miles long. So you're literally driving on an ice rink. It's snowing and sleeting and freezing rain. I got the lake to the right, which I could slide into at any moment. And uh, on the left, I have cars approaching me. So it wasn't stressful at all, Doc. It was fine. Wow. My blood pressure is about 240. <laughs> yeah, that'll, <clears throat> that'll be down sometime next week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We'll come back and hit some of the uh, medical news that's out there, uh, but uh, no incidents because Dave, uh, Dave's daughter had a plate full of brownies uh, at Thanksgiving. Uh, da- daughter's dog, I should say, had a plate full of brownies at Thanksgiving. And uh, other than that, uh, the staff appears to be almost completely clean for Thanksgiving. No fights, no Trump talk. Everybody seemed to get along. Yeah, I heard that. And, and it was a puppy, right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, chocolate and dogs <clears throat> is not a good combo. So uh, glad he got that uh, dog to the vet and everything came out nice. So it's uh, it's it's kind of sad the way that dogs kind of help themselves to our food. I mean, one of our dogs ate like three fillets one summer and just, you know, and we just looked at her and she knew she had done it. You know, she just kind of had her head down like, sure. yep, I ate them, but they were good. It's the same way when I was at your house once for dinner. I just right. in the corner with my head down. <laughs> Uh, viral medical news when we come back with Dr. Kevin Most. Dr. Kevin Most is uh, with us. All right, Doc, so when a news story or a video blows up, what does it do? It goes viral, right? Yeah, yep. Okay, so uh, what is going on virally when it comes to medical news? And by virally, I don't mean viruses. I mean Internet. 
Yeah, it's interesting we talk about it that way, right? <clears throat> Things go viral. Why do we say that? Well, it spreads very easily. It spreads widely. And there's really no way to stop it, which is exactly what we see with viruses right now. And, and unfortunately, we, you know, the two we'll just touch on briefly are two that are big concerns across this country right now, one being influenza and then the other one being measles, and two that I think uh, everyone needs to know about, what they can do about it, and uh, – and what's what's new in the news as of the last couple of weeks, actually? So, is there viral news about viruses? Yeah. So, so there's viral news. You know, last year Zofluza came out. That was that one-time dose medicine for uh, for influenza. You know, the big news was well, it's a one-time dose. You know, compared to the the Tamiflu's or the Relenzas, which you had to take for five days. But the bad thing was, well, it was 150 bucks for one thing. But a study came out last week that showed a couple cases in Japan where actually the medication was given to an individual, initially started to get better, then got worse. So what happened in that short period of time in the person's body, they had a mutation that allowed the virus to replicate again. And the bad thing was that this was then able to be transmitted to another individual. So now that resistance is now being able to be pushed forward. So we don't like to see resistance, and we certainly don't like to see resistance that can happen that quickly. So when you see resistance in in both viruses as well as bacteria, what form does it take? Yeah, usually what we see in resistance is in bacteria more than viruses. And what happens is uh, you have a virus, your doctor gives you antibiotics, not, you know, by mistake or at least he wants to try to think that it might be bacterial when, in fact, it was a virus. So you take the antibiotic for a couple of days, then you start to get better and you stop taking it. Well, what happens is we have bacteria in our body now that actually will grow resistant to a, to a drug. They haven't been exposed. I'll make it really simple. Let's say if I gave you an antibiotic for a sinus infection and it would kill 100% of the bacteria. But after four days or five days, you start to feel better and you stop. Well, 30% of those bacteria are still there. And now that you've stopped the antibiotic, they can multiply and multiply and multiply. So we've selected out the strongest. That's what usually happens in bacterial infections. In viral infections, they can mutate so much faster than bacteria. That's why we have a different influenza virus and influenza vaccine every year because of the speed that viruses can mutate. So uh, everybody wants an antibiotic for one thing or another, and everybody wants a drug that'll fix everything. You know, we're making some headway with flu. You've talked about yeah. some of the blockbusters that have come along. What's on the horizon? You know, really, if this is, you know, uh, Zofluza, which came out last year, was the first drug that's come out in, you know, almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it came out to a point where Tamiflu was already generic. So we're not really seeing a lot there. And the reason is that, the impact for drug companies isn't that big. There's a lot more work going on for diabetes and hypertensive drugs because, you know, once you have that customer, patient, you may have them for years versus the guy that's going to get influenza and buy Sofluza once for $150. So we need to focus more on infectious diseases right now because we've kind of neglected them for a while. Probably one of the big things with the flu right now, though, Steve, is that, you know, we talked about the push for getting influenza virus vaccine early, and seniors took heed to this and really went out and, and did get it. The bad thing is we have a little bit of a shortage now of the senior vaccine, the high-dose vaccine, because of the demand. It will catch up, 
But with what happened last week, we would say to seniors, if you haven't gotten the vaccination yet, get it, even if it's just the normal one. All right, so we're talking about something different, though, right? It's a shortage. It's not a delay. Correct. It's it's a shortage. It's well, it's a delay, right? Remember, but it's we a delay about, because there's a shortage. Correct. We talked about no. It's it's a delay because the manufacturing hasn't caught up. If you remember, we talked of where normally the manufacturing oh, was started okay, in yeah, February. Yeah. Now it didn't start until March. Got it. And the reason we say that we're concerned right now, influenza has hit the South and the Southeast. So across Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, there is influenza activity right now. Well, think about this weekend, Hartsfield Airport in, in Atlanta. Influenza has already hit Georgia. How many millions of people flew through that airport that day now to other parts of the country? So we might see a spread of influenza fairly quickly here in the next couple of weeks. What about measles? Yeah, measles is a little bit concerning, too. You know, we've seen an increase in measles. And we continue to see this increase. You know, when we had that outbreak in Disney a few years ago, it's like, oh, my gosh, we haven't seen measles. We'll look at this year now. We're at a record pace right now, 1,300 cases in November. So that's part of the news, and we know that it's worldwide. The biggest part of the news that came out last week was we used to assume that a baby, a newborn baby, would have protection from measles for the first year just because of blood transfusion between the mother. So the mother would have protection. She would extend that protection to the to the newborn baby. Is that not true? It's not true. And unfortunately, it's kind of a scary thing. So a study was done. They took 200 kids, 200 newborns, and tested them. Some of their immunity was gone within a month. All 200 of their immunity was gone within six months. So the best case scenario, we're looking at newborns having an extended period of time where they don't have protection that we thought they had from their maternal, their mother's antibodies, where they don't have protection. Couple that with the increased cases that we're seeing, and that's a big concern for pediatricians right now. Does breastfeeding help at all? Breastfeeding really does help, Mary. Breastfeeding actually gives a lot of um, uh, antibodies and gives a lot of uh, immunoprotective measures. But unfortunately for measles, it just tapered really quickly. How about uh, a couple of general questions here, if you got a second? Yeah. Shingles vaccine, what age? Uh, 50. Uh, Some people will say 60, and I would say if you've ever had shingles or known anybody that has had it, and get the new vaccine, the two doses, um, but it's it's superior to the old vaccine. Some people that actually had the old vaccine are going to go ahead and get the new vaccine. Um, uh, Dave had it. He'll tell you how terrible that illness is and how painful it can be. Uh, It is one I would strongly recommend people get. 50 and older. Yep. You know, that's that's what I'm going to say. Now, some people say he's wrong. Some people say it's 60, but I'm going to I'm sticking with 50 just because our immune system starts to taper as we age. And um, Dave, you probably had it when you were in your 50s. So it it was uncomfortable. Yeah, actually younger. (laughs) I got it younger. I don't know why I was the lucky one. But congratulations. Yeah. 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 We have to remember uh, shingles. The the virus is chicken pox and we've all been exposed to chicken pox. So the vac the virus is actually living in our body right now. It's just waiting for an opportune time to pop out, whether you're under stress, where you're immunocompromised. um, But it's there. It can hit any one of us at any time. And the fact I've had it before doesn't prevent me from getting it again no right? it doesn't yep doesn't that's the unfortunate fair. thing yeah. so so can i get the shingles shot at the same time i get the flu shot yeah you can yep 
and then you're going to have to get the booster for the for the uh, for the shingle shot, you know, months later. But you can definitely get those first two together. And actually, I have a medical question, Doc. Um, as you know, I have this blood clotting situation, which yeah. means I'm on Coumadin every day, um, um, and I think I get frequent flyer points for that. Um, but I got a medical procedure later this week, so I have to do something called bridging with Lovenox, um, which I believe is the title of one of my albums. Yeah. So Lovenox is an injectable, but Correct. Uh, uh, in giving myself the injections, I, that suckers are painful. Yeah. So I feel like I'm doing it wrong. Uh, and I'm wondering if there's a tip you could supply. Now, I know this is the weird part. You got to find, Dave, if you're giving yourself injections, you got to find a little extra uh, tummy, a little fat around the waist. Now, that's almost impossible with me. Um, but uh, when you do find it, what happens, Doc? Yeah, the, the biggest thing with anybody who needs to give themselves injections, if you look at people that give themselves insulin injections, the key is the size of the needle. Mm-hmm. You want that needle to be as small as possible. The larger the needle, obviously, the larger chance that it's going to hit nerves. This one's about a foot long. Is that a problem? Yeah, it's a problem. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But really, it is going to be that smaller, the smallest bore needle that you can possibly get to use is going to be the one that's the least, uh, that shows you the least discomfort. So pain is expected. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you okay. know, if we didn't have pain on our, if we didn't have nerve sensors on our skin, we'd be burning ourselves all the time. We'd be doing damage to our skin. We'd be, you know, injuring ourselves more. So, although people don't like to hurt their hands or their fingers or their legs or whatever, it's actually a protective measure to tell us, hey, you just injured yourself. Watch out. Get back. Change. Okay. All right. So uh, what you're saying is, uh, and this really is a summation of so many things on this show. Stop whining. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it usually is just one person whining, too. I've just noticed this trend. Yeah, well, the guy's got the name on the show. That's right. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most, Northwestern Medicine, as uh, the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom is where we're going to go next. And uh, as always, Northwestern Medicine brings you good Dr. Kevin Most, and we thank you as always. You got it. We'll talk to you guys soon. There you go. So I believe what Dr. Most said is, suck it up. Yeah, I think that it was exactly what he said. In a, in a friendly manner in a professional way yes yeah you know the the upside of having a, a, a good friend like dr most as a friend is um um aside from being a fabulous guy it's pretty handy to have a doctor in your life the downside is um he can talk to me any way he wants <laughs> true <laughs> how many times a week do you call him with questions? every couple hours <laughs> yeah i think uh no the professionalism is that you know, he's very professional but he's professional uh, less professional with me because he doesn't have to be professional around me Oh, if I could tell you the things I've uh, heard. <laughs> Before we get to Hamp, Dave Ennett, you were at uh, Mark Carmen's wedding this weekend. I'm <laughs> sure so it was right. a celebrity-studded affair. Oh, it was. It was a. It, it was a who's who of broadcasting, sports. Uh, okay. The gl- well, drop glitter- some names. Glitteratai. Uh, let's see who who was there. Um, Ed Obradovich, former Chicago Bears great. Ob. Yes. And uh, and what about uh, David Kaplan? Did David Kaplan make it? Ka- Cap was there, a sport, Chicago sports legend. Drop some uh, names. Don't be shy. Let's see, Drop Adam some Hogue. Names. You know, uh, Adam Hogue. No, I mean celebrities. Drop some names. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we love Adam was, Hogue. Who Mar- are you kidding? Mary Sandberg, our boss. Uh, Sandberg was there. She was there. Again, celebrities. We're looking for celebrities. Um, well, Steve, um, you weren't there. So. No, I had a memorial service yes. in upstate New York, so I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't be there for that. I just want to hear what happened with his vows. Did you go to the actual wedding, Dave? Yeah, I was there. Did okay. he use the vows he, I wrote for him? What did he do? Did he read them? 
Did he, you know, do him ad lib? No, he re- he read. He it was very nice. He and Chelsea had each written personal vows for each other. And he Did wrote he, his he very them? late, like the day before. Oh, it really? Well, she was... <laughs> I gave him vows on the air. Did he oh, use yeah. the vows I gave him? Well, I see, I not. didn't hear those, so I went, oh, how would yeah, I know? Right Dave, That's you didn't want... No, but but Chelsea was... He brought Chelsea to tears, which, which I guess we can all understand. Well, sure, she was in tears when she realized she was marrying him, so... <laughs> no, it was Stop. really a very nice ceremony. It was very beautiful, and the reception was great, and ever, I think everybody had a great time. And Hamp couldn't be there, because he had his big Christmas party, and Hamp, I'm sorry I couldn't make your Christmas party either, but I felt since I wasn't invited, it'd be odd if I showed up. Yeah. Well, I think it's only fair, since uh, Trubisky has brought the rest of Chicago to tears on a number of occasions, <laughs> that uh, the bride could only be a part of it. You know, your boy OB was there, and I don't know what OB would be like at a wedding, but I'm thinking it's endlessly entertaining. There's something about this uh, this fellow that uh, is bigger than life, and I will, I will be, uh, you know, forthright in, in the sense that, uh, you know, I think he was very much looking forward to going to it, because after four years of working, with Mark Carmen and threatening to throw him through a window, he wanted to go and actually see somebody that's going to now take over that part of the job. That's right, and throw him through a window eventually. Yeah, I, I actually had the had the pleasure of sitting with Ed and his lovely wife, and and we had a uh, we had a great time. And he was very yeah. I mean, he I think he really enjoyed himself. Yeah, and I'm told that he was upset because there were several Cubs references, and Ob's a lifetime Sox fan. There's a little grumbling there, about that. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my spies are strong. All right, Amp, so when we come back, you're going to give us reason to be excited about the Cowboys and the Bears. Um, I mean, we're going to watch it anyway. But uh, reasons to be optimistic or reasons to throw our TV through a window. No, not so fast. We'll do it as soon as we get back. All right, there you go. Look at you, you broadcast teaser. New schedule around here, Hamp, and uh, today was the first day since 2013 where we've gone back to this 5 to 9 a.m. thing, so I was thinking about you and these firsts that we've been talking about. Tell me about your first game in the National Football League, your first game in the NFL. Butterflies? Nervous? How'd you feel? No, not not so much, but uh, I do remember it. It was a... uh uh, an offensive juggernaut type of a game against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I uh, I started at lefty Fitzy Van and uh, we won the game six to three, and <laughs> it was uh, about ninety eight degrees, and it was pretty hot. And we played about eighty plays, and I, I was thinking after the game, I said, "So this is pro football." It was, it was a, uh, it was pretty tough little uh, task, but uh, we got it done. And uh, you know, at some point, you know, it, all the games start to run together. But I do sure. remember the opening game. So we were talking in the break about Kirby Doc, this eighteen-year-old uh, phenom with the uh, Blackhawks, who at eighteen, you know, four, five, six years ago, he's in his driveway pretending he's scoring the winning goal against the Stanley Cup champs. Tonight, he's going to play the Stanley Cup champs. There's a first for you. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. You've had a blessed life, Mr. Hampton. Absolutely. And, like I said, I made it through Thanksgiving with Carm and OB, and <laughs> the Bears won, which, obviously, uh, that's the object of uh, the Hampton-OB show. We're trying to get this team to figure out what they have to improve on on a weekly basis to where, hey, they can become 
uh, a playoff team. We're we're not out of it, but we're not quite in it yet. Let's go backwards before we go forward here, back to Thanksgiving and the uh, game. Um, Clearly, it was a better performance by Mitch Trubisky. But if we lowered the bar to the point where you go, well, look how he did there. Or was it NFL level? Well, a couple of things. Number one, um, you know, he can't control, you know, what our defense is doing. And he can't control who the tight end will be on a weekly basis. But within the framework of what we've tried to get going with this offense, you know, it's an offense that has failed to have any resolute ideas about what they're trying to do. Every week it seems like it's a, it's, it's a crap bat. This past week, it looked to me like they realized Allen Robinson was uh, going to be uh, taken away by, you know, extra attention in double teams. So somebody else had to step up. Well, that's where Anthony Miller came to the forefront. And the last couple of weeks, since uh, he was part of the reason we lost uh, the L.A. Ram game, he has actually started to play better and run better routes and become more of a professional football player. So, you know, he had somebody get hot, and the running game had a little bit more pop. So uh, there's, there were some good things, you know, some vital signs that started to, to show up on Thanksgiving. You know, Hamp, uh, after watching the Bears and Lions, like a lot of people, I watched Dallas and Buffalo. And, I mean, I, I've I've seen a lot of Dallas this season, and I could hardly be less impressed. Now, they're a first-place team. They're in first place in the division. NFC East at 6-6. Six and six. Um, But, but I, I mean, this is a game where if you looked at it before the season or early in the season when the Bears were – struggling uh, well, two weeks ago when the Bears were struggling. You know, you would have looked at this and said, this is going to be a really tough game. It may be a tough game, but it's also a very winnable game. Well, and again, you know, nobody wake them up yet. You know, the Cowboys have, on paper, statistically and past performance-wise, a better running back, a better offensive line, better tight end, a better quarterback, and yet, you know, even maybe a wide receiver, Marty Cooper. But for whatever reason, they have really got into just, a, you know, a, 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 a font, and they're not being able to score points. And they against the, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills, a pretty good team with a pretty good defense, they, on the very opening, you know, very first opening drive, they went right down the field, and everybody's like, ah, Ha, huh, we figured this out. They didn't score another point. So they have a lot of issues, and, you know, it's going to be almost which one of these coaches, offensive coordinators, uh, wake up and figure it out, and it's, it, we're going to all watch it right there in living color on Thursday night. All right, so uh, the defense, this is your bread and butter. This is where you live. This is the thing that you dream about. This is the thing that you you know, take great pride in when it works for the Bears. I don't know what we got here. Uh, because, you know, there's uh, clearly all the talent in the world, but I saw the secondary get beat by this kid quarterback several times, and it comes down to so many things that have come down to the same conclusion with the Bears, and that's consistency. Is the Bears' defense going to be consistent through the Final Four? Well, you know, they haven't really had a definitive game since the – third game against the Minnesota Vikings. 
ever since then, there's been breakdowns and chronic, you know, problems that that have to be addressed. But it's almost like there's no sense of urgency. And even Khalil Mack went on a, a six-week uh, uh, harbinger where nobody saw him. He was, uh, you know, we know he's getting paid. We know there's somebody out there wearing a 52 jersey but he's not making an impact. So there's a lot of reasons to think this defense, you know, has, has never really not only uh, consummated what they should have been able to uh, achieve this year, but at the worst opportunity, they seem to, to fall apart and allow big drives to the opposition right when we can least afford it. So, We'll, we'll see if they uh, they match up against the Cowboys pretty well. Here here again is part of the reason, and we keep saying Akeem Hicks. Well, Hicks is going to be able to come back, not this game, but next week. So a lot of these guys like Nick Williams and Rory Robertson-Harris, they need to realize, hey, we we play one more you know strong game, and then you know we get a, a lifeline. Uh, Akeem will be back, so that'll be uh, that'll be very exciting to see how these guys uh, you know, kind of uh, embrace this opportunity. Because when Akeem comes back, knowing him like I do, he's not going to want to come out much. So these guys, they better get all they can of the playing time because he's going to try to change things. But when but when you strip it all away, you know, we all talk about Vic Fangio, but Ed Donatel, the defensive back coach, that is now in Denver, running that defense with Vic, this this secondary is starting to show signs of missing him. He was a master at techniques and, and, and calculations on when to jump routes, when not to, how – how much to play off of guys, how to get up and, and, and press once in a while, back off, you know, roll in and out of out of different coverages. Well, we've started, you know, showing signs, well, we're not as good or proficient as we were a year ago, and the opposition is starting to figure it out. And they're making some big plays against our secondary guys. Remember how, I mean, there's been for years so much talk about parity and how everybody would be kind of, floating around the 500 mark but if you look at the nfc now with of, of the 16 teams 10 uh are at 500 or below only the six teams with the winning records there's a real imbalance at the top in both conferences where you got a couple of 10 and 2 teams but you got most of the conference where the bears are at at 500 or which is why the bears it's as improbable as it seemed a couple of weeks ago, have a chance. Now, now Minnesota still got that second playoff spot, the uh, second wild card spot, and but the Bears have a game remaining against them. So, and they got to play Seattle tonight on the road. So it's still it's still possible, Hamp. But it seems kind of crazy that we'd still say that after we said about a month ago it was a, a must game. No, we we were talking about it. You know, going into the Giant game, I said, hey. Win, lose, or draw. The Bears are in the playoffs. They do, you know. It may not say that on the, uh, you know, on the uh, ticket <laughs> on the television tonight or in the newspaper. But if they win, they're still in. And all you got to do is just keep winning. And that's what makes this game against Dallas so, you know, vital and important. Now, Minnesota, you know, for whatever reason, you know, 
Kirk Cousins was able to recover after the catastrophic game he had against us, and he's went out and played really well. We know the Packers are playing well. So, you know, a lot of this we brought on ourselves by not taking care of business. But, you know, like you said, we've got a lifeline. All we're going to do is keep winning. The, the difference is the Cowboys are 6-6, six and six, we're 6-6. Six and six. And yet, they've got on paper more, you know, uh, A-plus players. But it doesn't matter as long as we show up and we control the uh, the, the way the game's played. Don't let those good players play well. You know, Ezekiel Elliott is is struggling running the ball. He hasn't had a hundred yard game in a long, long time. So if they're going to try to uh, feature him. All we have to do is to show up, be physical, stop to run, get after the quarterback, and hopefully, you know, the, the the progress that our offense has made over the last couple of weeks that continue on. So this is a doable thing. We can't worry about Minnesota and Green Bay right now. And. Uh, uh, Hey, who knows? Seattle may help us a little bit tonight. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. And uh, we'll uh, get your prediction uh, later. Oh, absolutely. I, I do think we're, uh, we're supposed to uh, talk on, on Thursday morning before the game. But until then, we uh, we can only just uh, bask in the glow of uh, the new uh, newlyweds and the Carmens and what they do as far as lighting up the hallways of WGN. <laughs> that was well said. Yeah, in a way. Uh, thank you, Hep. Appreciate it as always. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Uh, coming up, uh, there's some odd crap you can buy on Amazon today. It's Cyber Monday. Looking for something different than the regular fare? I got a few ideas for you. Oh, and Hawks tickets. Hawks tickets coming up. Mondays, we always give away Hawks tickets. You want Hawks tickets? I got Hawks tickets. Who needs two? All right, let's talk about Hawks tickets here. Joe, Super Joe, what game are we going to give away right now? Because it's Monday, and on Mondays we give away Hawks tickets. That's right. We have tickets to this Sunday's game against the Arizona Coyotes. All right, so how should we give these away? Dave, how would you like to give these away? Should we go with something revolutionary, like the seventh caller wins, because that way everybody can play? I think we can do better than seven. That okay. every That's kind of a cliche. Everybody goes with seventh caller. We want to go with eight? Yeah. All right, number eight, then. Caller number eight, Super Joe. You'd be a big winner. That's right. Caller number eight be a big winner when you... Uh, call in now to win those tickets. And, of course, are always courtesy of FourSeasonsHeatingAndCooling.com. Rokon giving away another pair of tickets this afternoon. We do this every Monday. And, of course, at different uh, times as well uh, during the week. But every Monday guaranteed your opportunity to win Hawks tickets. All right. So a couple of things. Uh, uh, I mentioned, you know, it's Cyber Monday. But, uh, you know, if you're wondering, if you got somebody that's tough to buy for, you know, it's like, what do you get them? There's some things that, that uh, have been pointed out to me on uh, Amazon that uh, you may want to uh, pick up for the person that's hard to buy for. How about a fishbowl full of condoms? Uh, a fishbowl? A fishbowl full of condoms. That was the title of one of my albums, too, wasn't yes. it? A fishbowl full of condoms. Uh, the uh, fishbowl full of condoms is uh, 35 bucks. It has assorted condoms and also comes with a 25% coupon for discount for your future purchases. So like a centerpiece in your bathroom or what? I don't know. Where would you put it? I don't know. It might be a nice thing to keep out, right? It's a conversation starter. <laughs> it could be a centerpiece at a college apartment. How about your nightstand? How about bacon-waxed oh. dental floss? 
Oh, see, now this is why we sent a man to the moon right here. Right. Used to come up with this stuff. Bacon wax dental floss is exactly what I said. It's dental floss waxed with bacon flavoring. I thought the bacon craze was over. I guess not. Still going. How about an empty box that said, you said you wanted nothing for the person that has everything? <laughs> I love that. But if you gave that box to a little kid, that would be their best present ever. That's Kids true. love boxes. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there is also, and I don't know who would buy this, and whoever does buy it, I think Homeland Security should track them at all times. Pickle-flavored lip balm. Oh. I mean, have you, re- have you really been in a position where you're oh, if I could just have the taste of pickles on my lips all day long. What if you're in a pickle? I, yeah, I, it's got to stop. Uh, Thanksgiving gumballs. Thanksgiving, what? What's oh, like sweet potato gumballs and Thanksgiving gumballs, stuffing gumballs, uh, pumpkin pie flavored, turkey flavored, cranberry flavored. Thanksgiving gumballs also played for the Bears. You remember for a brief period yes. of time. Uh, and uh, if you'd like, because you just can't get enough hilarious giant items in your life, there's a giant coffee cup that you have to hold with two hands and a foot and a half long pencil. Huh? Yeah, see, you say, for the people that are tough to buy for it, there's always something out there that you can pick up. Do you get me that pencil? I use pencils all the time. Yeah. I'd like that. Yeah, I don't know how you you. sharpen it. Good luck with that. I have a great sharpener right in Traffic Central. I'll sharpen that, baby. Congratulations, Socorro from Berwyn won the Hawks tickets. Socorro is caller number eight. pair of tickets to see the Hawks play the Arizona Coyotes this Sunday, December 8th, courtesy of... Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing for all the right reasons, Four Seasons. Find them online at fourseasonsheatingandcooling.com. Rokon gives away another pair this afternoon. And listen every Monday for your chances to win tickets to Blackhawk games from Four Seasons. My friend Ryan Nobles from CNN joins us. Nice job anchoring this weekend again. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Steve, thanks for watching. And in addition to that, uh, your Buffalo Bills big winners uh, last week. Things going pretty well for you. Oh, my goodness, they flex the Steelers game to Sunday night. Uh, the uh, Patriots game is now on a Saturday afternoon. We've got the Ravens coming up on Sunday. Uh, it's an embarrassment of riches for the Buffalo Bills. I can't even begin to tell you. I was in Rochester yesterday uh, to fly back to Chicago after being in upstate New York, and it, it was even a daunting winter storm for western New York as it was a combination of ice and snow and other things. And I thought, you know, if I get run off the road, I could call my friend Ryan and he could feature me in a CNN weather report. <laughs> I can absolutely do that. At the very least, in that neck of the woods, I, I would have at least a half a dozen people that I could call in a moment would probably come and dig you out of a snowbag. They, right, right. People of upstate New York are very good about that. I was willing to help. I should also point out I'm very glad that my parents moved to North Carolina, so that's where we celebrated Christmas in North Carolina. I didn't have to, to deal with the snow. My in-laws are still in upstate New York right now and are very much buried in snow. All the kids uh, have snow days up there today. There you go. So you had Thanksgiving in North Carolina, Christmas uh, in upstate New York, or to be determined? Uh, Christmas, uh, actually, Christmas here in D.C., and then go up to upstate New York right after. But I'll be on uh, TV a lot that week, so I'm anchoring pretty much almost every day. Uh, between Christmas and New Year, so you'll you be a lot. Uh, when you're sitting at home with your day off, you flip on CNN, you probably will see me then. All right. So, uh, in covering Bernie Sanders, as you have uh, pretty extensively over the past several months, you uh, know uh, if you've been paying any attention that uh, Ryan's been doing that, and also the Bernie Sanders had a heart attack. He lost some weight, and he seems to Ryan 
he seems to have had sort of a personality change. He went full Soul Train dance line this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is uh, it is pretty remarkable. You know, we didn't see him uh, immediately after the heart attack. I actually spent a week in Burlington, camped outside of his house, waiting to, to see how he was going to first respond. And it seemed as though the first time he emerged from his house, there just seemed to be a different uh, air about him. It's hard to explain. It's hard to pin down. And uh, you know, at first I thought maybe this was just something I was looking into, but the more and more people that I talk to around him uh, agree with me that uh, that he's changed a little bit. And and what his, the folks that are closest to him are telling me is that the Bernie Sanders that we're now seeing in public more, the one that's willing uh, to participate in a dance party with, with uh, folks at labor union rallies, willing to slow Jim the news with Jimmy Fallon, is someone that was always like that behind the scenes with people that he. Uh, was friends with and was close to, but now is feeling more comfortable post heart attack to show that side of himself in a more public way. Uh, I joked with him that it's like he has a, has a newly found stents of humor uh, after he had those stents cleared out after the heart attack because he does seem like a different person. I don't know if it's a, a sense of liberation that he's just going to go for this and see what happens, but uh, it's definitely for Bernie Sanders, and I think it's translated. In his the polling as well, I mean, he's second in the latest CNN national poll. He's held steady in all these different uh, early state polls. I think that the big difference between the Sanders campaign and all the other campaigns is that, you know, it's like reading EKG when you look at Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg's numbers. They're all bouncing up and down where Bernie is a straight, consistent line. And in a field with a ton of candidates, that may end up being uh, the best place you want to be in uh, when the, the dust all settles. So uh, there's the flip side of this coin, and that's where this impeachment thing goes this week. It's headed to judiciary. And uh, uh, Congressman Nagel, who is in charge of judiciary, uh, made sure that the invitations went out to Trump and also to his attorneys. The president's people have said it again and again and again. Hey, this is unfair. Why can't uh, our attorneys be involved? Nixon's attorneys were involved. What about that? Well, their bluff got called. They have been invited. The attorneys have been invited. And what happens now? Yeah, so uh, basically what it appears from our reporting is that the Trump administration uh, and the president specifically, they their goal here, their end game is to, is to create a, a level of illegitimacy with this impeachment process. They want to be able to poke holes in it. At, at any opportunity, and if for some reason they participate by sending lawyers or sending witnesses or even the president himself testifying, that would give it an air of legitimacy that this has been a fair and equitable process. And even though Democrats have given them the opportunity to do that and participate, the Republicans would like the option of saying, no, well, we didn't even get to say our side of this, and so therefore this whole thing is a sham. Uh, and that's been kind of the their modus operandi since the very beginning of this process. And, you know, the other thing I could point out is that the Republican-ranking member on judiciary, Doug Collins, has, has sent out a list of uh, which demands that the Republicans have that they'd like to bring in all these people that don't necessarily have anything to do with the specific substance of the allegation of President Trump, again, to kind of confuse and distract against uh, the meat of this uh, situation. The only thing I wonder about all this, Steve, is the more that Democrats can play this process out, the more they continue to throw things at the wall, I think that gives the Trump administration the opportunity to make the process even more confusing. And I wonder if they're not served by just buttoning this whole thing up the votes are there. They can certainly impeach. They may not get any Republican votes. I don't know if they've ever had a shot at getting any Republican votes. But 
there's a part of me just from an analyst perspective that thinks that Ed, that, that, that they need to kind of button this up and move on. The House Intelligence Report's going to be out today. That may be enough for Democratic uh, members of Congress to say, okay, this is, I've seen enough, let's move on. But the longer this process plays out, the more opportunity you have to confuse the American people and, and for everybody just to kind of retreat to their partisan camps. Meanwhile, Chuck Todd, our friend from uh, NBC News, uh, uh, got after Louisiana Senator John Kennedy uh, over the weekend, who at one point admitted that his argument was uh, a little bit uh, full of holes because he didn't go to the hearing that broke down uh, the the, uh, Russian spying on the election versus the Ukraine not spying anyway. I've been really perplexed by the way that John Kennedy's handled himself about this whole process. You know, he had the interview with uh, the interview with Chuck Todd that you're talking about. He's had uh, multiple interviews in other places where he's basically just kind of said, "Well, none of us really know what happened uh, with the intervention in the Republican election." Kennedy's an interesting guy. You know, he's definitely Louisiana uh, to the core. He's got a thick uh, Cajun accent. He also, you know, is uh, somebody that will come up. Uh, some sort of weird saying or metaphor or analogy that no one's ever ha- had before. I remember when John McCain was going through his uh, health trouble, he told a group of reporters that I was with that uh, McCain was as tough as a boiled owl, and that sent us all to our phones wondering what the reference meant. But he's also a guy that uh, is thought to be very thoughtful. Uh, you know, he's got a law degree, studied at, at Oxford. He, he told me once that he reads The Economist from cover to cover, so it's not as if he is some sort of backwoods hick who doesn't uh, no, inform smart himself guy. Yeah, of, of all the things that are happening in the world. But I think, it, it, you know, more than anything, Steve, this shows us the position that Republicans are in. They feel that they have to have an undying loyalty to President Trump, and that means following along with the talking points that he puts out on any given day, and there's really not a, an organized messaging here. This is basically just following the president's Twitter feeds and what he says on his way to Marine One on the South Lawn. And I think that's what you see Kennedy doing here. He has a silver tongue. He's able to do it in a way that boxes in even the best interviewers. But it, I think it, it makes a lot of Americans step back and say, really? You don't think the Russians were the ones responsible for this? Because there's pretty overwhelming evidence, even from the Senate Intelligence Committee, mind you, which is run by Republicans. So I, I think it's pretty perplexing, but I think that's where we are. Um, and we are at a, uh, a, a really a, a fork in the road here because we're going to run out of time. But Ryan, we'll pick this up another time, and that is this: for all the Republicans who are following the president uh, into hell or heaven, depending on how it works out for them, <laughs> if they lose the elections after following him in, uh, that could change the calculus of this going forward and uh, the Republican Party. If they win, it reinforces the president and the administration's behavior and their following of him at all costs. So, I mean, there's really no uh, no gray area here. It's going to be black and white for the future of the Republican Party. As I said, we'll take that up down the road there, Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, I will talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. Have a great week. Live to Channel 9, where Dean Richards is standing by. What up? You know, um, you travel all the time. I don't travel that much six seven eight times a year last night um all nine to ten million people in the greater chicago area were at o'hare when i arrived <laughs> right all of them that's fun isn't it i've never seen it that nuts you know and uh, as i said earlier this morning i'm sure i've flown back on a you know thanksgiving weekend on a sunday but it was bananas people were getting out mary vandeveld helped me with this i uh, um I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this. Maureen comes to pick me up at the airport. She gets off at uh, at River Road, 
uh, for the O'Hare exit. Yeah, I-190. Mm-hmm. Okay. It took her one hour and five minutes to get from there to the where oh I was gosh. at Terminal 2. What time was this? This is uh, 7 o'clock last night. <sighs> no, that's prime time on a... Did she? Did you get in the car and she said, why didn't you Uber? Uh, no, 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 no. She thought you'd yell at me today for that. Well, that yeah, why that, didn't you I, Uber? I can only imagine what kind of nightmare Uber was also. That too. Well, well, yeah. there was the Uber thing was funny because there was a bunch of people standing around. Um, and every time a car pulled up, they thought it was their car. Right. Um, so there were fist fights and some bloodshed. 20 people getting in the same car. <laughs> but there were people that got out. Literally a mile and a half to two miles uh, b- b- before O'Hare to walk the rest of the way to try to make their Sunday night flights. And the airlines are nice enough, Dean, to charge everybody 200 bucks for a change fee when they didn't make it. So that was Should good. have got off at Rosemont. You know, so, like they said, take the red line. Yeah. So, red line or blue line? I'm sorry, blue. Blue line. So anyway, Dean, you have any travel tips based on all of that? Uh, no, just... Uh, Don't go? Stay patient, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, stay home. <laughs> do it the, the day after. Or uh, all you got to do is you got to just be patient. I can't right. even tell you right, the number right, of... Right. I've, I, I haven't gotten into holiday uh, things because sort of when I do my traveling for interviews, it's not during holiday season. But I've gotten into so many weather-related delays, mechanical delays. So what you're saying is yelling at the desk agent really doesn't help. Yeah, that's uh, really... They're, they're not the ones that uh, broke your airplane. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, what, you know what I like is when they you find out that the toilet wasn't uh, working or like a paper towel uh, dispenser was malfunctioning. And they had to get somebody to come and fix that. Right. Right. It's right. like, I won't go to just shut down the one bathroom. Big deal. Right. Put put police tape over it and start the plane. Right. So. All right. When we come back, uh, Beyonce, uh, Will and Grace, Pete Davidson, a new Cirque show premiering this week. i got to ask you about that, by the way. My question, Dean, will be looking ahead. Is it suitable for children? Uh, Star Wars and Disney and Gabrielle Union and uh, Politically Correct and Dwayne Wade defending his son. we got a lot to do. We'll come back and do all that. For news at 10. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I will. Thanks. No, go. For news at 10, watch WGN. Don't let me get in the way. Okay. Micah Mateer, Joe Donlin, Dan Rohn, and Chicago's most trusted meteorologist, Tom Skilling. For TV News at 10, watch Chicago's very own WGN. Steve. Thank you for that. Uh, Hi, Dean. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Dean, we need to decide. admiring the, the, the meticulous timing and flow of the show. Right. He's been up for a while. You One, know. two, four. Yeah, your whole timing is uh, thrown off today, isn't it? Yes. You start at a new time now at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. plus I have jet lag from the East Coast. Right. I mean, it's not a lot of jet lag. It's only an hour. Oh, yeah, but all the airport trauma, everything. Driving in a storm. I'm surprised you're standing today. It's crazy. I don't know how I do it. All right, so we need to decide, Dean, as a society. You you have a right to not be amused. You have a right to uh, find something offensive. But you don't have a right, and it's unrealistic to think, and you live in a world where you'll never be offended. Which brings me to Gabrielle Union. As I understand the story, as Jay Leno tells a stupid joke uh, in a taping of America's Got Talent, the stupid joke had something to do with some dogs on the show, and they look like the ones they eat in Koreatown. Okay, you, you don't like that joke? That's fine. You can even say it's, it's uh, stereotypical and unnecessary. So don't laugh at it. But this somehow turned into an HR thing? Uh, it was uh, one of the things... Uh, 
one of the things I guess that was described as a racially uh, insensitive environment on, <laughs> on the show. It's, it's not just that. It, it wasn't just that. That joke, by the way, was cut out of the yeah, when it was broadcast. Aired. Right. Uh, so the, the producers obviously felt that it was also uh, inappropriate. But that was one of the things. One of the other things that Gabriel Union complained about was uh, getting notes, uh, you know, it, it, words from the producers, uh, uh, really direction from the producers to, to stop looking at so black. Like literally stop looking so black? Well, to, you know, wear your hair differently so it's not as black. They didn't say don't look as black, but essentially what they were telling her is they they wanted her to look uh, a way different than uh, she was looking. Uh, and didn't Juliana Huff get the same sort of uh, heavy Juli- notes? Well, uh, I mean, uh, Gabrielle Union and Julianne Moore, uh, Huff were uh, both uh, shown the door. They were both fired from America's Got right, Talent. Now, I, I, keeping in mind what we're talking about here, the judges on America's Got Talent, who make about $15 million to sit around and criticize amateurs and their things. Uh, this is not world-changing stuff, but I think it's it's reminiscent of the larger question in the world of, uh, of uh, you know, what what's going to offend you and what's not. And what happened to just, you're not funny, I'm not laughing, knock it off. If it goes over to something that's clearly racist, of course it's an employment issue. But this seems like it's one more that's been blown up and blown out of proportion. And by the way, I'm the last person to defend Simon or any of the people related to that enterprise. Well, I mean, it, they were fired from the show. Uh, the allegations, for complaining is that what is that the theory? Well, that that's what that's what outsiders are painting this as. Gabriel Union, I, I, we haven't heard a word from Julianne Huff. Gabriel Union isn't the one making an issue of this. Other people are saying it's outrageous that she was fired over, uh, you know, over complaining about the things that she is alleged to have said. Uh, but she did retweet when people have been supporting her. She has been retweeting it. So she she does, you know, have a voice and is uh, supporting it. But, you know, if, if somebody if you're a black person and somebody says, we don't want you to wear your hair that way, uh, because it, it, implying that you look too black by dressing a certain way. That's kind of offensive, I think. Personally, well, I think that's offensive. Listen, I don't have hair. Um, but right. when so, They told Steve, when I remember when you came back to WGN, and they told you get rid of the Afro puffs. Right, You exactly. were bent out of shape about that. But I did it. Um, but Juliana Huff, and again, this is completely unfair to women, but Juliana Huff being told similar things doesn't mute the complaints in the first regard. But am, I, I, I know for a fact, and you know this because you work in television every day, Women get abused Absolutely. not just by not just by viewers, but by consultants and everything else because sure. they have to do this with their hair. Yeah. They have to stand this way or that way. It's uh, it's a completely un- un- unfair playing field. I, I don't know for a fact, but I'm guessing that none of the men on the show get notes about right. how to dress. And you mean like you a know. different black T-shirt for Simon? <laughs> yeah, like maybe wear one that's an appropriate size <laughs> would be my advice. Stop borrowing clothes from your son. Yeah. Stop I'm going to the junior gap to buy your clothes. <laughs> now, on the flip side of things, good for Dwayne Wade for what he did. So uh, they post a lovely family photo. It's uh, Dwayne Wade. It's Gabriel Union, their new little baby girl, and Dwayne Wade's uh, son. Dwayne Wade's son uh, is wearing like a, a crop top shirt. You know, it's kind of like kind of cut off. The, the midriff is 
uh, cut off, and his you can you can see in the photo very clearly that his fingernails are are very long, and people on social media have been trashing him like why are you dressed like a woman? I'm I'm sure much worse than that uh, because he's wearing <laughs> a crop top suck. and has you know so Dwayne Dwayne Wade basically you know he goes on uh, social media and you know says. That he doesn't really care what everyone else says. His exact right. quote is, stupidity is part of the world that we live in. Here's the thing. I have chosen to lead my family, not all of you. So we will continue to be us and support each other with pride, love, and a smile. Good for him. That's the nicest way I've ever seen anybody tell you, why don't you all go mind your own damn business? Right, shove it. Uh, the, the people at Disney have shown the new Star Wars movie to a youngster who's terminally ill. Right. I love that the lawyers couldn't screw this up. Yeah, this was this came directly from the uh, the CEO of uh, Disney as well, uh, which I sort of like mm-hmm. that um, they got a note from a hospice in England that uh, a young man is terminally ill there with cancer. Time is not on his side. This movie's going to open in less than two weeks, but they told him that he may not live that long. So uh, Disney stepped in. They show up at the hospice with the movie and costume characters, and I'm sure that they uh, made this terminally ill patient's day that he got to see the movie, got to see you know some of the characters uh, as well. I, th- I think it was a really sweet, lovely thing to do. Uh, Dean will talk about this Pete Davidson non-disclosure thing on TV all morning uh, for the remainder of the show. Beyonce's in the news. Uh, the the maid from Will and Grace has passed. But tell me about this Cirque show. Twas the night before Christmas. Um, is this suitable for kids? Yeah, it is. It's uh, actually it's uh, designed for kids. The show it's actually called Twas the Night Before. Okay. Uh, and uh, this is the first time Cirque has ever done a Christmas show. It's world premiering at the Chicago Theater, and it takes the the famous poem Twas the Night Before Christmas and all through the house not a creature was stirring. Uh, it takes that verse and amps it up into a, a high-energy dance and acrobatic show. Cool. Uh, you know, Cirque du Soleil style with the same kind of Cirque du Soleil quality that we've seen in their previous shows. But this show is designed for uh, young people, for millennials. Uh, we old people are uh, certainly uh, allowed to come and enjoy it as well. well what are they doing now? And they're I, jumping around. That's not how the poem goes. <laughs> Uh, Somebody's gonna get hurt. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's sweet. It's imaginative. It's creative. It's like a big dance show. It's like cool. You know, if Ariana Grande staged the big dance number, that that's what this is like. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, completely appropriate for kids. It's only open till next Sunday uh, at the Chicago Theater. Twas the night before is what it's called. Thank you, buddy. See you. That's Dean. See you tomorrow. I got a couple of things that are uh, hot deals on Amazon today, and I don't know if their supplies are still in there, but I'm, I'm serious now. I'm offering you actual help for your Cyber Monday. Uh, KitchenAid Artisan Tilt Head Mixer. I had no idea how expensive mixers are. Normally $538.99, 239 What? $300 off. Okay, but you would normally pay 500 for a mixer? No. What I about wouldn't. an egg beater? Doesn't that still work? <laughs> Why does it always got to be violence with you? <laughs> yeah. That was something that we were <clears throat> contemplating getting for uh, Mark. And, uh, his no, until we saw the price. Yes. 
Uh, the Echo Dot. This is the little squat uh, Echo, mm. <clears throat> so you can put them all over your house. Yeah, we have a bunch. Normally fifty bucks, now twenty two dollars. That's a good deal. The Instapot. Does everybody have an Instapot? I have an Instapot. Mm, I don't nope. have one, but I would like one. They're well, controversial. Those Instapots. They are. Some people love them. Some people don't. So <laughs> what are you talking about? Why are they controversial? I, I don't. They are. I guess I've heard. You know, one day I was going to buy an Instapot. Somebody goes, "Don't buy an Instapot. They're horrible." And I'm like, "Okay." Why are they horrible? I I don't know. They just don't like the way they cook, and you know, well, I don't overrated. think everything's perfect. But for instance, our friend John DeCoss. Uh, uses it like three times a week. Yes, he loves his Instapot. I'll okay. just take the Crock-Pot. That's okay. Uh, the Crock-Pot or the Crock-Pot? The Crock-Pot. Okay. Regular Crock-Pot. The Instapot, $49. Normally 100 bucks, Steve. So wow. now be See, they're going down in price. Wow. Yep. Is that just today? That's just today? That's just today. Until they extend it. As far as you know, it's just today. Who wants a Roomba? I do. Oh, I don't need another Hazel in my house. I didn't know how expensive Roombas were. This five hundred dollars, four hundred fifty dollars. Normally, it's two ninety nine. They are bucks expensive. Yeah, and I will just say this: if you get a Roomba um, and you have a pet who has accidents in the house, Roombas apparently cannot tell when a pet a pet has an accident. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of videos, viral videos recently. What do you mean? It just drives over it? No, so, they yeah, spread they it just around. Dry it and spread it around. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> nice. Awful. Not, that's helpful. Nice. Awful. Yeah. Um, I'm a twenty three and me guy, as you know. That's how we found out I had a sprinter body type. Remember yes, that? Yeah. But if you want Ancestry's DNA kit, uh, they are selling it for forty nine bucks as opposed to one hundred and twenty. So you know, if you've always thought about doing it, today's the day to buy your Ancestry kit. Um, everybody loves a MacBook Air. If you're an Apple type, the MacBook Air. Everybody talks about the MacBook Air. Uh, normally pretty pricey, six hundred and fifty bucks. That's a really good price. I, for based on what I paid for yep. mine. Yep. It's also a really good gift. Huh? <laughs> Guys, is that yeah. right? I'll keep. I'll take that under advisement. If you'd like all eight Harry Potter films, pause on DVD. Now you have to still have a DVD player. You know, it has to be hooked up. Not everybody does that anymore. Twenty nine ninety nine. That's for all eight movies. Yeah, that's you know, good. you could buy a DVD player for less. Well, you might get the DVD player with the thirty dollars worth of movies, probably. Plus, they always have Harry Potter marathons on TV constantly, right? But this one you can make up on your own. How about a ping pong table? Well, official ping pong table. I have no idea how much a ping pong table would cost. Normally two hundred twenty dollars, one hundred and five bucks. I love ping pong tables. We yeah. should get one in here. It would be good therapy for us. You just like whacking on things yeah. because it gets some of the violence out of I'm your pretty, system. I'm pretty good at ping pong. I am? Yeah. yeah. We should have one of those in the back here so while I'm reading the news, you guys can hear that ping pong. Click, 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 click. It's uh, 843 and uh, Coach Colleton coming up and then John Williams in at 9. We'll talk to John before he starts his first. Coach Colleton joins us now from those Chicago Blackhawks. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you guys? Happy uh, post-Thanksgiving. We're doing all right. You know, the show starts early now at 5 a.m. Can I count on you to get up and hear every word of it? Uh, no. All right, just check Sorry. it. Let me put that down. No code. He didn't waste any time there making that decision. He's in a job where he's got to make quick decisions, yep. right? It's like a line change. He can't be, can't be screwing around. He had to let me know. So, But I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. You guys, too. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> the carnage this weekend here's the thing you know how talented this team is i know how talented this team is uh and the goalies were due for blowing up a little bit i'm not putting it all on them but what a bizarre couple of games in colorado 
Well, we weren't good enough. Uh, that's basically, <laughs> if you're going to summarize it, I uh, thought parts of the game were fine, and, and but that's not good enough. We, we need to have a complete effort, and we're not going to be perfect for the entire 60 minutes, but uh, we got to at least try to do the right thing uh, for the entire 60 minutes, and uh, that's, you know, it didn't happen. So they're a good team, very good team, and, and we were, you know, respect that that they uh, they can make you pay if you if you make mistakes and, and they did but uh, ultimately it's still in our control uh, you know how we play that's what we got to take care of and uh, it's up to us to respond tonight you know it seemed like uh, the second period had been a problem for you early in the year and it it sort of felt like you had fixed that and then it reared its ugly head again this weekend. Is there anything to that, Jeremy? And I mean, I know teams talk about different factors that go into that, the long change, whatever, but is there anything you see that, as far as the second period, why that happened? Yeah, well, I think the second period was was uh, fine at home. Um, obviously, they got the two goals, but I thought we had a pretty good period overall. Um, the second period in Colorado was uh, was not near good enough, and it starts with uh, not getting. We didn't didn't get a, a forward off on the on the power play at the end of the power play, and they exposed us by by scoring right at the end, and that was a that was a major. Um, I don't know if you can call it a turning point, but it certainly cemented the result uh we didn't react well in the minutes after and uh you know three one to four one's a pretty big change uh because you know the first period i thought uh we we probably uh deserved a little better based on how we played uh they score on the power play to kind of get a little momentum and then you know we made a couple poor reads that they capitalized on but we had our chances we had a couple posts and uh, we had the power play at the end of the period and so we're still in the game at 3-1 and then to go to 4-1 uh was was a was a blow no question so where's the consistency going to come from because we know how good this team was a couple of weeks ago and and uh you know you're not going to win every game obviously but you know two out of three make a difference three out of five make a difference and that's the kind of steady role you need right Consistency comes from habits and and uh, doing things the right way every time, every shift. Uh, whether that's stopping in D zone, stopping in the house, making sure we are inside our check, um, to making sure we're getting above the puck on the way back. Uh, you know, Colorado is an excellent transition team, and they were consistently getting above us and, and coming at us with speed. And uh, those are habits that you need to have if you're going to win consistently. So that's what we're looking for. And tonight, the Stanley Cup champs, the Blues, this, Dave, let me pick a cliche for you, Dave. This tonight could be a message game. This mm-hmm. is a message game. You send a message not just to the Blues, but to the league. Yeah, you're good and you're here to play. That's what I'm looking for, well, Coach. I think it's a message to ourselves that uh, we know what we have to do and we're going to bring it. And uh, the result, we we can't control that um, totally. But what we can control is putting a great performance together. And when you're on the ice and you have the game in your hands, do the right thing for the team. What do you uh, see when you look at the Blues this year? I mean, they're they've gotten off to a to a terrific start here. They're and big and they're mean, Dave. Yeah, they are, and it's kind of weird that here it is, already two months into the season, and you finally see them for the first time. Yeah, they um, 
they're a team that knows how to play to win. Um, very, very well structured, and, and they do a lot of the things that we're talking about that need to be done. And uh, they went through a similar process, uh, certainly last year, where the, the first half wasn't very good, and, and uh, they decided as a group that it was worth it to play the right way. And uh, then when they did, the, the results were, were there and, and ended up getting the ultimate reward and, and winning. Uh, so, hey, that's that's what they've learned, and, and uh, we could do that too. The it's worth it to play the right way sounds like a commitment from a coach to we got to work harder in practice, we got to make sure every shift matters. Is Am I hearing that right? Um, I, I don't think it's, it's an overall um, mindset. That when you're on the ice, the game is in your hands, and to protect each other by by doing the right things. So um, I can't really summarize it any better than that. That's what it is. Um, and how are you feeling about the goalies? Good. We've been getting great goaltending, so that'll continue. Any word on Duncan Keith and and how long this is going to be with him? And by the way, you'll no. let us know exactly how long, Coach. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we try. But uh, no, I don't have an exact timeline. He won't be in tonight, though. Um, and uh, as tough as he is, uh, I'm sure it's driving him nuts not to play. So he'll be back soon. Remember, this is the guy that picked seven teeth up off the ice, yep. missed a shift, and came back. Um, and, and I'm sure through all the years you played at the highest level, uh, you know, and, and around the world, you must have seen a few stunts like that where guys got busted up and missed a shift and came right back in. You got a story on that? Uh, can't think of anything in particular off the top of my head, but um, certainly it's a game where there's a bit of a culture of, of playing uh, hurt, and uh, guys want to win. They they want to win, and they want to play, and they want to compete, and uh, Dunk's no different. Is there a pressure amongst players in hockey to tough it out, unlike other sports? Uh, I feel there is. Yeah, I mean, I can't really speak to other sports, but I you know, you don't want to let your teammates down. Uh, I don't think there's there's probably not a ton of pressure from the outside. Um, you know, hey, you got to play. It's more like the player itself, the player himself doesn't want to let his teammates down. Coach, good talking to you. I'd love to see a big one against the Blues tonight. And I have a feeling it's going to happen, so good luck. You bet. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. It's Coach Jeremy Collington. I mean, how many stories have you heard about guys just getting their face busted up. They go off to get it stitched up between periods or during the period and get right back out there. Well, remember when Bobby Hall died twice on the ice in one game and he was brought back to life and finished? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that story. (laughs) (laughs) Now you got people Googling that. What? What? That really happened? John Williams joins us next before he does his first night of nude show. We'll come back in the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom as well on 720 WGN. Nothing is more fun than change. Here's the deal. John Williams is about to do the nine to nude show. Try that show. sincerely now. Go ahead. In three, <laughs> two, one. Well, I'm going to say what I've said before. Woof. Uh, there's nobody more GN than you. Yeah. Nobody. Well, thank you. I think and I'm... even though I, I equated you with the wrong uh, host, you actually interned for Wally, right? Uh, correct. I said Collins earlier. Well, it was a little bit of each. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad you're here. And um, I know that Bill and Wendy um, would rather be here, but they have uh, this isn't your deal. They love you. 
Uh, who, guys, who does? Bill and Wendy. Um, yeah. You no, know, they actually, really do. Actually, a lot of us have had a lot of conversations with them since. They were back in the building a few days yeah. after they were dismissed and were visiting with people and picking up their stuff. Uh, sometimes you don't get that luxury. Right. And uh, they had nothing but good things to say about the people here. Um, about most of the people here, anyway. <laughs> the owners get to make decisions. Yeah. Show business is hard. And uh, they made a decision. But I know the 9 to noon is going to be great. Now, I'm bitter about one thing. The 9 to 10 o'clock hour. The CLTV I know, I is know, going to be shooting you now because until we make some changes with CLTV, you're going to be on TV every day. I'm going to wear the, I'm not. I'm going to wear the Cochrane mask, which you can get on Amazon. <laughs> well, just a bald wig would pretty much cover it. <laughs> so. Really? You, you love that 9 o'clock hour. Yeah. Yeah, and you know there were wardrobe changes. You know, <laughs> at one point we brought in a love interest and a cute neighbor kid. Because to be honest so. with you, Steve, you don't dress for TV. This is not what they have in mind at Channel. Now 9. that now that the CLTV thing's not going on pajamas every day, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, what's going on today? I uh, don't know that I have time to tell you. We'll, we'll catch up on some cyber deals. Okay. Um, I've got a. I will relate to you all of the movies that I watched over Thanksgiving, okay. including The Irishman, which I saw one and a half times. Wow! So um, I'm uh, going to take that as a positive, I'm and winning. we'll come back tomorrow. See ya.